This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Live mic. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Live Mike Podcast. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and we're bringing it to you again, of course, bring it, breaking down all things Pittsburgh Steelers. But this week, we are looking at the offensive and defensive side of the football and trying to identify an identity of either unit. If you catch me, we're trying to figure out what the offense and defense really is. Because really, in the last five weeks, really this entire season, if you want to break it down uh, to that extent, both sides of the football really haven't shown what they are. At times, they're absolutely putrid on both offense and defense. At other times, there's moments of brilliance and really, and up until uh, they can stretch a few games together, up until this point, we still don't really know what they are. And that's probably one of the reasons why they sit at a 500 record and again another reason why they haven't been able to take a step forward and prove themselves to be a legitimate playoff team and a legitimate threat to win the AFC North. Despite all of this though the Pittsburgh Steelers still have as good a shot as any team in their division and any team in the thick of the, of the wild card race to make a playoff spot. Believe it or not, it sounds ridiculous. There's tons of stories on this already on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, but today we are specifically looking into the identities of either unit. Kicking the show off, we're going to start on the offensive side of the football, as I like to do, and this is one of the most wishy-washy things of this team. I'd say even more so than the defense. Offensively, you do not know what you're going to get this from this team from drive to drive. You, you're not. You don't know what you're going to get from quarter to quarter, and heck, let alone you don't even know what you're going to get from play to play. Um, the first about three quarters of the game against uh, the Minnesota Vikings, the Steelers' offense was so bad. The offensive line was getting Big Ben killed. They weren't opening any holes for Najee Harris. Receivers were dropping passes, uh, making boneheaded mistakes, uh, running wrong routes, throwing poor passes. It just compounded pounded together into a terrible three quarters of football and really I I was one to uh, pull the pin I I was as close as anyone could be to changing the channel with how bad that football game was going then all of a sudden they flipped a switch and took off again for 28 points in about 20 minutes of playing time If the Steelers' offense did that all year long, they'd be an undefeated football team if they could play like how they do late in games. And they've been able to string this together, not just against the Vikings, uh, but they did it against the Ravens, uh, like, to a degree that... 
pretty much every win, they turn it up late in games. Uh, for whatever reason, the Pittsburgh Steelers just sleepwalk their way pretty much until halftime before they start figuring things out. And you could point that out on adjustments at halftime for why the team has a little bit more success in the second half. Uh, you can point that to the team just not being motivated when the opening kickoff uh, comes down through the pipeline. So it's really hard to say exactly what is going on with this team, but to find an identity. Really, right now, as we sit here, there's two faces to this coin of, of the offense. One, they are a bad unit. <laughs> it's plain and simple. And really, you have to laugh unless you're going to cry. Um, there's just so many issues with this team, and we'll get into those a little bit more, but offense specifically. The other side of the coin, they're a decent group that can move the football and score points. And really, it's one or the other in football, but somehow the Steelers manage to be both. Uh, for most games, they seem like a team that can't score uh, before they turn on the Jets and start pumping points into the end zone. But for whatever reason, there has been no consistency whatsoever throughout this 2021 season. And for the Steelers to get to that point, uh, they're going to have to start stringing multiple drives together, and they're going to have to start doing that earlier on in games. I know there's a stretch, uh, I think it was three games in a row, where they walked away with points on their opening drive in the game, but that kind of fell apart thereafter uh, and not scoring at all. And heck, Chris Boswell missed the opening drive field goal to start the game against the Vikings. So the opening drive, it seems like the Steelers have kind of figured that out to a degree but after that they kind of disappear for the rest of the first half and it's become a very serious issue because the Steelers continue to find themselves getting uh, or putting themselves in a position uh, down 10 points 20 points heck 29 points in games because the offense cannot figure it out early on and they cannot match the opposition the other side of this coin of an identity for this offense where they are good is what we've seen in the second half against the Chargers and the Vikings and to a degree against the Ravens. Uh, all these huge fourth quarter comebacks, for whatever reason, the Steelers seem unstoppable. And really, I guess to a certain extent, you could point to a defense that uh, all of a sudden, once you're up a, a, a pretty substantial margin, you start playing defense that takes away the big play, but allows underneath stuff and lets teams kind of dink and duck, dunk you all the way down the field until they're in the red zone mighty quick. It, in, instead of scoring po points possibly in one play, defenses are, are more content to let you score a touchdown, but they're going to try to make it like a 12 to 15 play drive, something that chews up a ton of clock. In those situations, all of a sudden the Steelers start putting up points. So to a degree, you could point to the opposition as to why the Steelers are able to put up points late in games. But on the other hand, they start executing. Uh, ben Roethlisberger seems more accurate and, and more precise late in games. The offensive line seems to block better late in games. The running game starts to get better. The route concepts and the play calling seems to get better as games go on. And from that sense, it doesn't make any sense. How are the Pittsburgh Steelers able to play so poorly through three quarters of a game before turning it on in the fourth? The old saying kind of goes, you want to play your best football in the fourth quarter. You, you want to finish stronger than how you started. Start strong, finish stronger. That's the motto by, by so many teams. For whatever reason, though, the Steelers don't start at all, and then they finish strong. It, it's a flip of the switch that kind of happens at the third quarter whistle, and until they can figure out to be consistent on one side or the other, this team just doesn't have an identity. The offense specifically just doesn't have an identity, and really, I think a lot of that can be attributed to uh, having a brand new offensive 
coordinator, having a, a, more than a few players that don't necessarily fit the offense. And first and foremost, I think Ben Roethlisberger and being as important as you can be in any position in sports, of course, being the quarterback, not exactly fitting the philosophy of what uh, a Matt Canada offense uh, to really hit its potential should be. And I think that's to a degree why it's so limited because the Steelers really aren't able to go in with a full Matt Canada playbook, run the kind of stuff that he wants to run, and be successful in the plays that are called already. Because we all know Big Ben's un- immobile. You-, you watch the games, there's no denying it. You're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. You can watch any Sunday and tell yourself, okay, Ben is a statue in the pocket. When he takes off running, he looks like he's in slow motion. He fights like all hell to pick up those yardage, but we can be honest here. He looks like he can be slow. Uh, and his feet sometimes look like they're stuck in concrete. So that is a big factor why this offense cannot start firing it up and hitting all cylinders because they don't have a quarterback that, like a young Ben Roethlisberger, can extend the play or take off on his feet or run a triple option and be an option himself, which I think is something that will be corrected over the coming years. Of course, Ben Roethlisberger's time is winding down with the Pittsburgh Steelers, with many believing this being the final four-game stretch of his career. Uh, But without getting into that too much, the Steelers' offense probably really hits their true identity when they have the proper quarterback for the system. Um, To a degree, I I think as the Steelers uh, were kind of winding out with Ben Roethlisberger, this probably wasn't the best offense uh, to put him in with. Sure, it's going to help the future and receivers and O-line and running backs and tight ends. They're all going to be better for it moving forward when they really kind of get to know the system and have a quarterback that's better in place. But I don't think this was the way to best utilize uh, the gunslinger. And we all know the Steelers were gunning for one more with Big Ben at the top as their QB1. Uh, With the system that they're playing, that's just not how it worked out. And I think we all kind of saw that coming to a degree, uh, especially once we saw kind of how immobile Ben Roethlisberger was. And really that kind of explain that would explain a lot why this team cannot uh, really find its true self. Uh, Right now, if you're trying to find an identity to this offense, it's Najee Harris is the bell cow. Uh, If he's not going and picking up first downs, then this team just is kind of a non-existent offense. Uh, There's some good receivers on this team, some good tight ends, and an O-line that's a a work in progress that's that's gotten better throughout the year, but still one of the bottom half units in the league, and I don't think anyone's going to argue otherwise. So with all that said, the Steelers' offense is a work in progress, and I don't think we're going to find identity to them in 2021. And I think that's going to be one of the things that holds this team back and more than likely holds them out of a playoff spot. I know they have a legitimate shot to get in there, but for the most part, they pretty much have to go 3-1 or 4-0 down the stretch to get in to one of said spots. Uh, without an identity on offense, without being able to truly move the ball around and, and put up points with the best of them, like uh, we know the Titans can put up points and the Chiefs can put up points. And heck, when they're dialed on, uh, the Browns and Ravens can put up points as well. Uh, the Steelers are going to have to figure that out and win at least three of these games if they truly want to be a contender here in 2021. Uh so the second half of our show, we're going to focus on the defensive side of the football and uh, what the identity lays in there. Uh, until we get there, uh, just hang tight. We'll be uh, into a quick break, and we'll bring more live mic action at you in just a moment. It's 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Steeler fans, it's time for the second half of the live mic. Once again, my name is Michael Beck, and if you want to continue this conversation with me, uh, you can always do so by following me on Twitter at MichaelBeck56, as uh, Jeff Hartman so uh, so nicely puts it. He calls me Blue Check Beck. Yeah, you'll know it's me by the the little check mark beside my name that uh, I get ragged on so much for over at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. But you can continue any Steelers talk with me over on that platform. With that being said, let's continue and get right back into today's topic. Of course, the first half of the show, we talked about trying to find an identity for the Steelers' offense. And really what we settled on, or what I settled on, is they just simply don't have one based on the predicament that they're kind of in. Uh, They're a team in limbo. They're a team that has a Jekyll and Hyde face. But really, until they have the right personnel in place and are really able to do what this offensive coordinator wants this team to do, they just don't have that identity and it once again is something that's going to hold this team back here in 2021 and perhaps it's something that could get that could get fixed relatively quickly if they put the right body in place uh, at the key positions moving into next year but that is a topic for another time in the second half of today's show we're looking at the defense and trying to find an identity for this unit. Now, first and foremost, one of the things that are hurting the Pittsburgh Steelers oh so much is their injury issues. Uh, Pretty much most importantly here, coming across the defensive line and uh, to a degree in their defensive backfield. The Steelers' defensive line was the strength of their team the last couple years, but two of their big three studs in the middle are pretty much missing the entirety of the season. Uh, We are heading into the last four weeks of the year uh, with the short-term IR rules the way that they are. Pretty much means if Stefan Tewitt's not coming back this week, I suspect his entire 21 uh, season is uh, put on the shelf. So one of the best, arguably the best defensive linemen the Steelers have won't play a single snap in 2021, which, which really hurts this team, obviously. You can't take away one of your best players and expect to be just as good uh, without him. And that's pretty much what the Steelers are faced uh, with without uh, Stefan Tewitt in the lineup. Yes, it's an unfortunate situation, but uh, yes, it's going to hurt your team regardless. The other guy, of course, uh, they missed for most of the season is Tyson Alualu, who broke his leg early on in the year, uh, and really, uh, the Steelers just haven't been able to replace either of those guys. Uh, to, to a point, the Steelers nearly swung a trade for Fletcher Cox from the Philadelphia Eagles at the trade deadline. It fell apart when the Eagles asked for a little too much uh, for the Steelers' blood, 
but uh, the Steelers just have not been able to fill that spl- spot or either spot left behind uh, by Alu Alu and to it. Uh, the Steelers have gone to other teams' uh, practice squads. Uh, Montrevious Adams, I believe. I hate pronouncing guys' names wrong. Uh, excuse me if that was incorrect, but Adams was a guy on the practice squad of the New Orleans Saints, and he steps into the Steelers' lineup as a starter right away. That is just where this unit has been. Carlos Davis has been injured for most of the year and hasn't been able to crack the lineup. Uh, Henry Mondo has been a guy that wasn't even on the team to start the year, but with all the injuries, the Steelers brought him back, and he's a starter now. Heck, Isaiah Bugs has been a starter for times. He's battled some injuries, and now he's at risk of being benched. Isaiah Loudermilk, the rookie that so many people were surprised the Steelers were to go offensive line based on their depth. You thought he uh, would uh, step up in the face of all these injuries, but he himself has uh, had some concern, uh, pretty much paving way for Chris Wormley to have a career year for himself. I believe already at five sacks, which is more than double his career totals heading into the season, uh, stepping into the lineup. But with uh, without Alu-Alu and Tuit there, the Steelers have been a whole heck of a lot more susceptible to being ran against. Wormley's a smaller body. He's been pushed around a bit. Uh, same goes for Isaiah Loudermilk and Henry Moss and Isaiah Bugs. The Steelers just haven't been able to shore up that front of their defense. Uh, D-linemen are getting blown off the ball, and offensive linemen are getting to the Steelers' undersized linebackers, whose both Schobert and Bush's games are built on speed, and once the big guys get locked into them, they aren't going anywhere. The Steelers' defense is reliant on the D-line, pretty much playing like offensive linemen, and keeping the the real O-line off of the linebackers where Bush and Schobert theoretically would have free reads, be able to shoot the gap and make tackles at the line of scrimmage. Without it, everyone's getting blocked up and running backs running free to the secondary. Uh, Bush and Schobert have struggled, no doubt, this year. There's No one is going to argue the opposite of that, but it, until the Steelers play their true defensive formula the way they want to play it, you're not going to get the best out of either of these guys. So in that sense, the Steelers' identity on defense is skewed because of their injury issues, which sucks. It's taken a ton away from this team. Speaking of injury issues, how many games have the Steelers now missed without T.J. Watt that he's exited or uh, completely missed a week uh, from groin injuries or that knee and hip injury? He's just he's missed a ton of time, and the Steelers uh, have been missing their best player along that front seven as well. Heck, uh, Alex Highsmith has missed time this year uh, for, for injuries. And the Steelers... Uh, all their backups that they came in this year at uh, on the edge have uh, either asked for trades or been released and found their way onto other teams. Like Quincy Roche has been having a pretty good rookie season for himself over with the Giants. It's just one of those things that it's been so tough to see. As well as Melvin Ingram, who was upset with playing time. He signed to be the old line outside linebacker three uh, did realized he didn't want to be that job uh, partway through the season asked for a trade and he's played pretty well for the Chiefs himself so defensively the Steelers have been kind of messed up by guys wanting out uh, guys being injured and of course speaking of injuries we need to talk about Joe Hayden who's by far the Steelers best corner to this day uh, Cam Sutton a guy we thought looked pretty good early on in the year has taken a step back 
uh, Killa Witherspoon is Witherspoon, excuse me. Uh, he started the year pretty much a healthy scratch every single game, but has kind of turned it on against the Ravens and Vikings, and perhaps has made himself uh, more uh, playable than guys like James Pierre and Sutton, who have both struggled this year. When we expected the guys to take a step forward, and heck, either of those two I just listed could find themselves as a free agent this offseason, just based by poor play and the, the team, of course, uh, needing more money, needing more talent, and needing better play out of their corners. The Steelers have struggled for so many years now finding good corners. The best cornerback tandem this team has had in some time. Both the guys were signed in free agency, Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson, and then, heck, uh, undrafted free agent Mike Hilton didn't even start on the Steelers. The, the best three corners is starters the Steelers have ever had didn't start their career on this team. The, the Steelers are just better off. I realizing this is a position that they have a hard time uh, finding talent and just continuing to build it through free agency with known commodities. Uh, kind of like how the Patriots should always find their receivers via free agency. They just can't figure it out otherwise. But identities for this defense, it, again, it's hard to pinpoint because of how this team, of course, has struggled, but because of these injuries. I think the identity of this defense is a, a subpar unit that has elite level uh, ceiling. They're a team that should be great defensively. They have Minka Fitzpatrick, they have T.J. Watt, they have Cam Hayward. They should have Stephon Tuitt and Tyson Aluelu and Joe Hayden. And Devin Bush, before he tore his ACL, was a great linebacker. Joe Schobert's uh, either led or been number two in the NFL in tackles for uh, like a stretch of years now. They have good players on paper, but with injuries uh, and with some confidence issues and guys wanting out, they have extremely underperformed. And, and maybe if we're going to keep it to a one one word thing for the identity, it's underperforming. The Pittsburgh Steelers defense has underperformed in 2021. It hurts to say, but that is the the exact thing we're facing with this group. They're an underperforming defense that heck, they get healthy next year. They sign, they bring in the right guy or two. They could be the best defense in football once again next year, and I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. That's just how talented uh, the guys already on this team are, and really, they're probably <laughs> they're probably just their healthy guys away from being that good, and a little bit more confidence for Devin Bush to actually uh, play the game that he, he played last year prior to his injury, uh, away from being a great defense. They have the building blocks they have the veterans they have the stars now they just have to play like it and be healthy enough to continue to play like it so from that sense both the offense and defense here have been frustrating the defense is underperformed the offense at uh, heck, even the offense is underperformed and at times should be better. If the Steelers had a great offensive line, gave Big Ben more time, didn't get him absolutely his head taken off on <laughs> what feels like every other snap, and opened up better run lanes for Najee Harris, this could be a really good offense. Really, when I look at this team and I've done a lot of thinking over this team and what they need to do to truly be great again, heck, the Steelers don't need to completely rebuild. They just need a decent retool. They just need to nail their one good offseason away. They're finding the right quarterback away and putting the pieces to protect him away from being a great football team. Uh, a team that should compete for championships. But really... Again, it's easier said than done to have a great offseason. If, if they can nail the, their draft picks, if they can sign the right guys, the Steelers will be great once again, and they will compete for a title as early as next year. They just need to commit to the right guys 
do put the time in the scouting room, figure things out, and correct these identities. Uh, the Steelers' defense should be elite. The Steelers' offense has the talent to put points up with anyone, but they still have the holes that, that limits that potential. They need to be able to block better. They need to be able to run the things at quarterback that is going to make this offensive game plan better. And that's what they, they are away from being a great team. Hopefully they can figure all of this out. So with all that being said, I want to thank you for listening to today's edition of The Live Mike. I need to remind you to click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, from film rooms to grades to lists to looking to the future to like, breaking news to injury reports. Everything you could dream of is available at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Breaking news is up uh, almost instantaneously when the stuff uh, comes through with uh, down the pipeline. When we know it, you know it, and you should be dialed into Behind the Steel Curtain. As well as that, you should also know the entire family of podcasts. If this is your first time listening, if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, there's nowhere else you want to go because the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, behind the steel curtain uh, has at least 25 original titles for podcasts coming out each and every week for your listening convenience. A variety of shows covering a variety of different topics all on your favorite team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, like five star subscribe tell a friend uh let's grow this platform uh, and let's continue to create great content for you and the easiest way you can help us out is by leaving five stars leaving that review hitting the like button all those things uh, can help us uh, give you more of this content that you love and truly deserve so with all that being said thank you for tuning in once again to the live mic podcast my name is michael beck and we'll catch you guys next week